The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the hoop ball. DFS Today podcast. I am uh, Michael Patria. I am joined with uh, the lovely Andrew Hansen. Um, Andrew, I heard uh, I heard the pod last night, and first of all, I just want to thank you and Coach because uh, I was supposed to be on it. I had a little train delay uh, coming back from Baltimore for work, and uh, you know I was getting in super late. Uh, and you guys held down the fort. You guys sounded great, other than the few shots I heard you and uh, you and Coach taking on me, man. Uh, I, 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 there's jabs every time I get, every time I turn my back, I feel like coach is taking a jab at me. Well, you know, they're loving jabs. Cause the thing <laughs> is, I mean, this is a team here and that's what we do. We pick you up when you're stuck on a train somewhere, albeit in first class, you know, we, we're here for you. It, and that's, that's funny. Cause you mentioned, I hope you enjoyed that first class. That, that is why I was delayed. Uh, the other, the other coach, I'm normally a coach guy filled up. We had to shell out on the business and let me just tell you. Uh, I'll I'll never be able to spend that much on a train ticket again in my life, uh, but it, it it was nice while it lasted. It was a five hour train ride. I got to hit the bar cart a little bit. It was uh it was okay. It wasn't too bad. But you know, let's uh we got nine games, man. We got nine games to break down. Um, I know that you you and coach did a pretty good job yesterday. Uh, I had I was on a few of the same plays that you guys talked about. A couple of them we were talking about um, a little bit before on air. Oh, and, uh, you know, first of all, this is like we always do. We record this the night before, so we're recording this the night of uh, the 25th, the Friday night, but this is going to be uh, coming out for you guys uh, Saturday morning. Uh, it's going to be for, uh, the, you know, the, t- the 26th, so uh, always keep that in mind. It's going to be a little bit of an early look. Um, keep an eye on the news. You can definitely check out, uh, follow us at Hoopball Fantasy uh, for those Twitter updates, those blurb updates. All the injury news, all the the DFS analysis will be baked into in there as well, um, and we're also brought to you by uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, let me just tell you guys, this is the coffee cup. I have it every morning. Um, I don't know about Andrew. Have you have you tried it yet? I, I totally recommend I you grabbing it. I have it yet, but I, I heard you talking it up. I'm gonna have to try it. It's fantastic. It's you can easily find them on Amazon if you just want to search uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, or you can visit their website at HawaiianIsles.com. Uh, very easy to get to. Uh, definitely check out mybookie.ag. Uh, awesome, awesome site, guys. Uh, use promo code today, T-O-D-A-Y. Uh, and mybookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. And um, I, I mean, the description's in the name, guys. It's mybookie. It's, if you know us, we're a DFS podcast here. So I think you know where we stand on uh, on the mybookie. And always check out our other, you know, our other hoop ball, uh, our hoop ball fans and guys over there—they're always doing great things in our forums. I would always tell you to check out our premium content today. Uh, this week's premium content article uh, is done by the none other uh, Mike Pasador, the Panda himself. Uh, Panda is our in-house Raptors guy. This guy's an absolute genius when it comes to anything to do with the Raptors. He's the first person I would go to if I need to know, you know, any sort of rotation move, what's going on behind the scenes. He's the guy, and he put out a phenomenal article about Pascal Siakam and uh, basically just how he's taken over the league and how this is now his era and this is going to be his Raptors team going forward. And, I mean, the, the guy's only been playing basketball for a limited amount of years, Andrew, and he's only just breaking through the ceilings and getting better and better. And I, what do you think the ceiling is for him? It's really, really high. I mean, I think it's ceiling, I would say, top five in the league. I, give give him a couple of years. He's got the frame. He's got the. I, I love just his his fluid movement. You know, he's not stiff at all. He he's flexible. He's smooth. He's got a good stroke. He's long. I mean, he he's going to pick up steals and blocks. And you know, he's got a championship under his belt now, so he's got a ton of confidence. And you can tell just by the way he's reacting early early in the season. He's rising to the challenge of being the guy there. Uh, I'm really excited to keep watching him. Yeah. I am completely, completely on board with you. And I mean, there's something just about being such like a naive student to the game. Like he's been such a, he's only played basketball for a limited amount of years. I think it's like seven years he's been playing. Uh, and that just shows that he's humble. His ability, his ability to learn, his willingness to learn and kind of sit back and put that ego aside kind of thing and just keep getting better and better and focus on his game where you get some of these other guys who kind of grow up in that AAU system, been playing basketball for, you know, 14, 15 years, used to being the best guy on their team. 
Um, I mean, up until now, he was arguably never really the best guy on his team, but he's only been getting better and better and rising to that occasion, like you said. But that's it, man. Uh, you know, we got the we got the promos out of the way. Um, that's good. I mean, that's what keeps us co- our content free and keeps us going. So let's jump right into this. We have, uh, you know, 7 o'clock uh, standard Eastern time game. So 76ers versus Pistons. Andrew, you know how I do it. I always like to let you pick the team you want to start with. So have at it. All right. Well, I want to talk about Philly a little bit. Last I checked, again, this is we're Friday night right now, so stay on the news. But Embiid is questionable, and Mike Scott is questionable. So the value potential that that could be opening up is actually Kyle O'Quinn. That that's what I'm looking at on fantasy draft. He's only six point two, so he's almost bare bones minimum salary. Did, he did not get very many minutes in the first game, but if both of those guys are out. I think he's going to get big minutes. So that's an excellent value. He can body up against Drummond. So I, I think he'll easily pay off value if those guys are out. So check the news on there. And then Simmons is a decent price at 16.3. Again, if Embiid is out, he's going to be high usage. And, and in general with the Sixers on this slate, with Embiid being higher priced than Simmons, I'm going to fade Embiid even if he plays because of this, some of the other high priced guys. So really the only guys I'm interested in are Simmons and then O'Quinn if Embiid and Scott are out. I mean, the Embiid news is really what's going to dictate this. So I'm glad you you know pointed that out nice and early because at the end of the day, if Embiid sits, that's a ton of usage and you know, a good chunk of, of chunk of minutes is going to go around. And like you said, someone's going to have to play those minutes. Um, I'm under I'm under the theory that, you know, I talked about this in preseason and kind of preparing for this exact situation because uh, regardless of how hurt they are, he is, they're going to rest him at points. And I think Al Horford is just going to shift over to that five. Um, and he's going to be the guy that I'm looking to kind of take advantage of that price tag. He's 11-4 on fantasy drafts. So I'm I'm happy with that. I think that's modest, especially knowing that, like you said, somebody's going to have to be a body in there on uh, on Drummond. And, you know, Kylo Quinn is a guy, he's a very high upside guy. He's the definition of a tournament uh, GPP play, if you want to ask me. Um, I wouldn't really trust him in cash just because I've been burned on Kylo Quinn. Generally, when it's a good Kylo uh, Quinn spot, it's really a bad Kylo Quinn spot. And then there's, <laughs> it, it, he's just he just sinks some lineups for me sometimes. And then on days where you're not expecting it, he plays 16 minutes and scores 23 actual points with you know a couple steals and a decent amount of rebounds. So, uh, well, that's I'm, the thing with that's the thing with O'Quinn. It's it's it really comes down to if he gets the minutes. I mean, lots of times. You expect him to play, and then for some reason he doesn't get many minutes. But then when he does, he really racks up the stats quickly. But I do like your Horford call. We saw in the preseason when Embiid was out, Horford really picked up the usage. So that's a solid play as well. Yeah, and he's also the you know going to be a primary factor in their offense because he can pull Drummond away from the rim a little bit. Um, if, if he's playing the five, he's going to step out to the three-point line. And if they can get Drummond away from the rim, the, the Pistons are done. I mean, that's basically – Drummond's been carrying this team with Derrick Rose off the bench. So uh, taking away that key factor for them is probably going to be part of their game plan. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about Mike Scott as well. And I think if both Simmons – or I mean, both Embiid and Scott are out, um, I think we could take a look at Matisse Thabule. Uh, just the, you know, the limited minutes that he's putting up, uh, it would be a strictly a GPP, but if this guy gets 20 minutes, uh, just steals blocks alone at his price tag, uh, we'll, we'll come close to probably getting him there. His upside is absolutely phenomenal. He can get a couple rebounds, not expecting a ton of points, high energy type of guy. Uh, but I, I would expect them to kind of play a little bit more small ball just because, you know, Blake Griffin is still out as well. So just, you know, the Horford and Simmons are going to be my primary targets. Uh, and if you want to play Matisse Thabule, I'm probably butchering that name, and I apologize. I, I struggle with it. I, I try to change it actually every time I say it. Maybe one of these <laughs> times I'll get it, and somebody could just stop me right there and be like, "Right there, that's it." Yeah, uh, but yeah, I that, go, I go Thibel. Th- oh yeah, there you go. Uh, that's that's exactly what it is. And I think I said that probably three times ago, and I, I should have stopped there. <laughs> yeah, if if he can just get more shots, you know, that would be excellent. Um, yeah. you're reminding me when it was opening night. I don't know if you heard the broadcast up in Toronto, they kept calling Melly Mel. And I was like, do they know something I don't? I thought it was Melly. And then I think by the end of the broadcast, they changed it. But it was it was Weber, and I forget who the play-by-play guy was. Uh, Weber butchers, uh, he butchers everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty rough. I mean, <laughs> um, 
there's some there's some guys I uh, I, I I can't really take too much. Weber, I love him as a player. I, I think I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, I can use I can do without him on the in the broadcast booth a little bit, but. Um, yeah, me too. Looking at this Pistons side, I mean, I've been riding Drummond left and right, uh, even on the back-to-back. You know, now they're playing three games and four nights. Uh, what's your What's your thinking? And I, I mean, we could pretty much just take the uh, assumption. Uh, we'll go We'll go forward thinking, you know, playing it as though Embiid is out, um, just to kind of give that idea. We all know that what Embiid being in is probably going to do, just limit him slightly. He's still got tremendous upside. Uh, but let's take the notion that Embiid's out. Where would he rank for you? among like some of these other centers that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, I I the when he had that monster night earlier in the season, I had him in maybe 25% of my lineups, but he is one of those guys that he's really dominant so far. So you can't I don't think you can fade him like I would potentially fade Embiid at that price. You know, he's 17-8 Embiid is 17-4. So, and, and, you know, they've really had some great battles back and forth. But, yeah, I would play some Drummond. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe 40 to 50% uh, minimum. Um, yeah, he basically would be my high-priced center on this slate. Yeah, and it's obviously for good reasons. Like you said, he's been he's been smashing. I mean, for your long fantasy, he's been bringing back that first-round value. Uh, and I've been I, – I got a text from one of my buddies because, uh, you know, I did, I did a lot of pairing. I had I, – Listen to this, Andrew. I was in about five leagues this year. I didn't have one draft pick inside the first five five or six picks. Everything was towards the end. Uh, so I did a lot of Drummond and Trey Young pairing, and I'm looking like I'm, I'm like I'm a genius right now. Yes, you uh, are. I'm loving it. So uh, we'll we'll see how it finishes by the end of the year. But you know, contract year for Drummond. He wants to play for that money. Um, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, he's going to be my top center on the board. Um, you know. When we start constructing these lineups, are we going to have the money to get to the top center on the board is kind of the different question. I already mentioned that, you know, I do like Horford, but uh, we're talking about fantasy draft. You could play five centers on this site if you want to. So there shouldn't have a problem getting them both in there. Um, but for me, I'm not really looking at anybody else as a nine game slate. I'm not really too enthused. Derek Rose is still under underpriced. If you ask me at 9,900, uh, but that's probably the only other option. But I, I got to feel like this train's going to slow down eventually with him. Exactly. It's like you finally go all in with him and then he just throws out a stinker. I mean, he the thing is it's he's getting those minutes 27 and 25 and then the other guy to look at is Kennard with who's getting 28 and 31 minutes with Reggie Jackson in and out of the lineup with injury. So if Reggie Jackson is out, you got to consider those guys like you said that they're a little bit underpriced for the value that they've been putting out there. But I I mean, I'm not overly excited about them. And yeah, you got to figure Rose is going to come back to earth here soon enough. Yeah, I'm just a little, I'm just a little scared off by that perimeter defense for the Sixers. All the length, you know, adding Josh Richardson really does help too. So I just think those two guys are just two guys. I don't, you know, him and Ben Simmons. I don't really want to target um, defensively. And I just think, you know, we might just have a couple better plays to go through. But I, I don't knock the Canard play. Um, he's just shown his upside early on, so it's there, and he's still a little cheap as well. Uh, all right, well, next game, uh, 7.30 uh, Eastern Time game. We have the Celtics versus the Knicks. The Knicks are going to be playing on a, a back-to-back, as are the Celtics. So, Andrew, both these teams are in my, in our neighborhood. Uh, we're in New England, guys, right? Uh, I believe you're up there. Where are you, Maine? No, I'm in New Hampshire New now. New Hampshire yeah. it is. I'm sorry. From, yeah, from Maine originally. Okay. Now New Hampshire. Yep. All right, so I, I wasn't off basis where I said that. So no. uh, talking about a couple New England teams, which one? Uh, which one would you rather start with? Well, I guess, I guess I'll start with the Celtics. You know, I have a little bit of interest here. Um, Cantor's out. So Robert Williams III is one of our potential value plays here at 8.5K on Fantasy Draft. He didn't play many minutes the last time out, but if he gets up more like 20 minutes, then you know he just racks up the blocks. Uh, he had a couple nice alley-oop dunks in the preseason where he looked athletic so he's my one value play here and then you know I, I checked the box score real quick the wings for Boston really came out well against Toronto after that clunker in the in game one where nobody was shooting very well except Hayward Tatum and Brown were excellent tonight uh you did you know you mentioned it's a back-to-back I can never get Jalen Brown right but Tatum is 12.3, so you know he would be in consideration for 
a lineup or two if the if he sort of fits that price tag that you need. There's one other guard that we'll get to later that I like a little bit better than him at 12.3, but he's probably my favorite Celtic on the wing. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on uh, the Tatum. Definitely, the, definitely play him over Jalen Brown. I'm with you. Jalen Brown's just the upside shows very rarely. Uh, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of it tonight where he had close to a 40 uh, fantasy draft point night. So I, I do think that it's still there. It's just, you know, on a back-to-back, I don't think it's going to capture it twice in a row. But I'm, I'm okay with playing Tatum. Uh, yes, Canners rolled out. And also, uh, Daniel Tice went to the locker room uh, during this game. He came back out and started in the second half. But uh, he may be a little bit dinged up. Uh, we know that Robert Williams is a little bit dinged up, too. So we saw, uh, you know, the rookie Grant get, get a good amount of minutes, man. He played, uh, you know, 20, was it, I think 21 minutes um, and, start, and actually started, like, you know, closing it out in some crutch time, too, as well. So uh, depending on the situation and it being a back-to-back, I think I might – I, you know, steer clear of that whole value center. Um, I don't knock it at the same time, but they're also going against Mitchell Robinson uh, and, and a pretty pretty opposable front court over there in New York. So I'm really just going to be looking at Tatum. Uh, until Kemba can kind of get back on track, I'm going to steer clear of him. He just kind of looks like he's playing a little bit differently, trying to adjust, trying to just kind of blend in. Really stepped it up in the second half of tonight's game, but was abysmal in the first. I believe he started like one for nine. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of okay with just staring clear with him. Uh, looking over at the Knicks, what, uh, would you trust Fisdale? Do, can we trust the same starting lineup tomorrow night? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, yeah, it's risky to try and trust that. Um, these guys again, back to back, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not psyched about any of them. Um, but you know, it's, it, for me, it's just the four guys that I'm going to, I'm going to consider, every game here until something significant changes. You know, Peyton now running the point. Barrett's been playing huge minutes all the way through preseason. Randall's been excellent, but now he's a little bit overpriced at 14.5. Morris, 10.2. They're all, I think, solid, more cash game plays if, if you want to pick out one of them. But, you know, for a tournament lineup, none of them really excite me. Uh, I guess the X factor is is Mitchell Robinson. He was back in the starting lineup tonight, right? I, I didn't see how he did. Yeah, he was back in there. Uh, you know, he played pretty well in his limited minutes. Obviously, I think foul trouble is always going to be his, you know, his 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 back breaking flaw. Um, but you know, he's always going to be an option just simply because of that upside. He's a guy that um, I'm kind of just steering clear of right now until until the you know the price kind of comes down a little bit more where I could trust that. I'll probably be looking at more on smaller slates, the nine-game slates. Um, we have plenty of other options where I think they can score uh, point-per-minute value as as him um, for almost cheaper price tag. So I'm, I'm okay with just not going anywhere near there. The one play I'd look at would be Peyton, um, just knowing that he does he's playing well with that starting job. And at this point, Fisdale's just going with the guy that's playing the hardest, according to him, um, and, wants to, and wants to start. So... I feel comfortable knowing that he's going to play at least 26 to 30 minutes. Um, you know, it being in the second half of the back-to-back, I don't think that they're going to go try to push any of the any of the bench guys too much. Like, Nidicolina is not going to get any extra minutes, I don't think. Uh, they're just going to run that normal rotation. Uh, and he does have that rebound and assist upside. Could usually grab a couple steals, and you're just hoping that he can get somewhere between, like, 11 and 15 points to top it off. Other than that, I'm with you. The Knicks are just a, a, a dumpster fire, and more of cash game plays for the rest of them. And that's kind of, kind of what we got right there, man. That's our new England teams. That's why uh, I generally, now I'm going to be a Brooklyn Nets guy when I want to go to a game. Uh, As you can tell, I used to go to a lot of the Celtic games. I used to like to watch Kyrie. And then now I'm just going over the, going over the Brooklyn bridge a little bit more, but now we're going to the next seven 30 game. We have the Atlanta Hawks uh, going against the Orlando magic. Andrew on you. Well, Trey Young, the conversation has to start there. Thirty-eight, seven, and nine in that opener, and his, you know, his price has gone up to sixteen point two. But uh, he's just running the show. He's got a lot of confidence. He's hitting from deep. You know, he looks kind of like he did back in college. He just plays with a ton of confidence, great vision. You know, he's a lot of fun to watch. So he's he's number one in this in this matchup for me, Collins. You know, I love pairing those two together, but he's, you know, he's up to 13.9. I like some of the other forwards in that price range a little bit better. 
So really, Trey Young is about it for me from the Hawks. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, this the front court's actually pretty good over the Orlando's been very good defensively for the past, uh, you know, I would say eight months second half of the season going forward they really started stepping up their defense so i generally don't target too many players against him but trey young is he's the kid looks like a star uh he should there's no doubt about it for me that he's going to be an all-star this year um especially if he keeps playing like this um but i'm good with all the deep rotation on the bench all the young rookies i'm okay with hunter i don't want to play reddish alex len was pretty lackluster so i'm with you just trey young and uh you know maybe if you want, um, going over to the Magic side, I think this is going to be a good spot for the center. You know, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Hawks play at this up-tempo pace. I'm looking to more target the Hawk, uh, the Magic, Andrew, just because they're they're going to be raising their tempo to kind of keep up with the Hawks. The Hawks are playing at a lower tempo than uh, you know than the Magic right now. They're going to try to slow it down a little bit more for the Hawks. So that's kind of where my approach is. I'm just looking at the bigs. Um, Aaron Gordon's kind of pops here and there. I don't want to touch any DJ Augustine or Fultz or uh Evan Fournier really um what are you feeling over there yeah wouldn't knock Vucevic the the one guy off the bench I would look at is Ross he took 13 shots in 19 minutes and he's priced at 9.1 and then I you know I remember in this preseason he had a nice game in Atlanta so he's right back in the same spot so I I I might look at Ross but not a ton of interest in Orlando for me yeah, and for Vucevic, a lot of it for me is is just his price tag too. Uh, he's only fifteen too. I think that's that's slightly underpriced. This guy, uh, at some points last year, was over seventeen k uh, on fancy draft. So I think that you know, yes, he's not playing for his contract necessarily like he was last year. He still has that upside in him, and he's going to get it going uh, eventually. And he's going to start rolling just like he kind of was last season. So. Um, all right, man. Uh, now we're moving on to the 8 o'clock games. We have the Indiana Pacers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, neither team, I, I imagine, is going to be too fun for us to talk about. But, uh, you know, like always, how are you feeling? Which one? Uh, I'll, I'll chat about Indiana a little bit. Uh, last news I saw is that Lamb is questionable. Uh, not that enthused about any of his potential replacements. Justin Holloway, uh, Justin Holliday. 6.6K, I mean, that's a good price if he gets big minutes. He's certainly capable of putting up decent numbers, but, you know, I wouldn't get that excited about it. I'm more interested in Sabonis and Brogdon. Sabonis had a a number of good games against the Cavs last year. Now, Love wasn't playing, but, but Nance was in a lot of those games along with Tristan Thompson. So I like Sabonis in this matchup. And then Brogdon, he's at 12.3. He's that other guard that I was talking about in comparison to Tatum. I like I like Brogdon a little bit better than Tatum at the same price tag uh, going, up, going up against this young Cavalier backcourt. Yeah, I think both those guys are the two guys I'd be looking at as well. Um, you know, the game in general is, just, is, is likely to have the lowest total on the board. Right now, you know, not all the game totals have come out, but they're projecting it to have about a 213 game total, which out of all the other games that came out so far is the lowest. So I'm not, like I said, too enthused to play anybody. I'd probably, you know, just play one, if anything, um, depending on the lineup and your construction. Sabonis, just I think his upside is always going to be there on, a, on every given night right now after, you know, signing that deal. And Pacers committed to this guy. He, he is a going to be like one of their leading shot takers even when Oladipo comes back uh he's he's really improved but um you know again he's kind of getting up there in price as well so I think that I'm with you we're going to have a couple other guys that we could go to at a similar price tag but I wouldn't knock you if you really wanted to play him uh, over on the Cavs now uh just this guard backcourt man they just they need to figure out who's going to be their actual point guard between Garland and Sexton uh because them juggling it back and forth is is kind of not doing anything for me um, I'm okay with playing Kevin Love <clears throat> and Chetty Osman, and that's kind of where I'm going to draw the line. Yeah, I'm with you on the backcourt. I mean, they're both well, they're 9.8 and 9.9. That's Garland and Sexton, of course. And they both started, so they're basically just splitting production. You know, one of them gets a couple more shots. The other one gets a couple more assists. But they don't have really standalone value that's very attractive. So I'm going to stay away from that backcourt completely. And... Love, you know, started the season well, but he's priced so high that I'm going to pass on him. And the only guy I'm looking at here is Nance because he's down at 9.5. And last time out, he was 9, 14, and 2. 
Coach Beeline came out and said he wants Nance to shoot more three-pointers. And sure enough, he attempted five in their first game. He only made one. But, you know, if he's being encouraged to shoot threes, we know he's already going to pick up a few dunks and and double-digit rebounds when he's out there for more than 24, 25 minutes. So I like Nance at 9.5. Yeah, good call on the Nance. Um, I mean, the only reason Love's really kind of in play for me is just seeing that he played 36 minutes is – uh, that's a big thing for me. I, you know, love playing 36 minutes. We kind of just saw 18 rebounds. Uh, you know, anytime we're, that's like almost old Kevin Love. I don't know if you remember the Kevin Love on the Timberwolves days. It feels like it was so long ago when he used to get almost 20 rebounds a night. Some nights it would be closer to 26. But if he's going to get big minutes, uh, he only took 10 shots um, in that game. So I would expect a couple more shot attempts. He was 4 of 10 from the field. Uh, but the 18 rebounds is just that that's what's really enticing me. When I'm looking at that, and I just knowing that upside, it, it makes him a you know a tournament option for me. But again, oh yeah, I mean, how could you forget the the Kevin Love glory days? <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, I figured the only reason they're doing that, maybe they're trying to showcase him, and maybe they'll actually trade him. I'm sort of hoping to get him out there for 36 minutes. I'm hoping that just for his career, man. He he's, he's never did anything to anybody. He's got his shoulder ripped out there playoff games for no damn reason. Uh, Kevin Love's kind of had it tough and took a lot of the brunt during some of the the bad times over there in Cleveland as well. Uh, so I, I would like to see him have a little change of scenery and kind of, you know, end his career on a good note, you know, spend a good four or five years somewhere and end it on the right way. But um, that's kind of where I'm at. Again, little total. I don't think it's too it's worth too much talking more into it. It's it's, you know, maybe play one guy in that game. I wouldn't try to get too much, uh, too many shares. But the next game, Andrew, that's a different story. The next one that we're moving on to is a game that I'm going to have probably a good amount of my love into. It's going to be one of the higher totals on the board. Um I, I'm going to let you pick either team because this is one scenario. Like when last game, when you were like, oh, I want to talk about the Pacers, I was like, this is what these are one of those times where I hate giving you the choice, making me talk about the Cavs. <laughs> but have at it. Uh, who do you want to talk about, the Pelicans or the Rockets? Eight o'clock game. Oh, that matchup is music to my ears. Cannot wait. This is the game that I have circled. It's the only one I have circled. This is this is where my main focus is. The only unfortunate thing here is the Pelicans are going to be on a back to back traveling to Houston. So, and you know, Houston, after that loss at home to Milwaukee, I think they're going to come out strong, probably win this one pretty easily. But it's going to be high scoring. I mean, you know, you mentioned the over-unders. And for our listeners who aren't already paying attention to those, I think it's very important. You know, you can use the over-unders to get an estimate of the games that are likely to be the highest scoring and really, ideally, you want to study these teams with their pace, their efficiency, so that you can predict the over-unders yourself. I mean, you and I both looked at this slate, and we knew right away that that was the most attractive game just because of the teams that are involved. So although it may get away late, you know, I want to play a lot of the Rockets. I, I, I like uh, Westbrook at 17K. He was sort of asleep, seemingly, in the preseason but he really came out strong against Milwaukee and, and stuffed the stat sheet. So Westbrook is is really high up there for me. Harden, you can't ignore at 18.2. I'm, I'm even going to build some lineups with both of them. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I'm going to throw in two other value-type plays with Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker. You know, Eric Gordon is only 9K, and he's the guy who's coming off the bench as that six-man who's really – putting up big shots he took 19 shots in 28 minutes and then pj tucker we know that he just does it all and he'll sit just sit there in the corner and and hit threes and lock down your your best wing player and you know mix in a couple blocks and steals so i like all four of those guys capella you know potentially 14k is a little bit high you know house is the one other potential value play down at 7.1 but I'm most most interested in Harden, Westbrook, Gordon, Tucker, and they're they're going to be in a lot of my lineups. Yeah, I mean we're going to have to. All everybody in this lineup's definitely going to get a boost. Um, I'm I'm kind of with you on Westbrook. I think he's definitely a little bit underpriced. Um, it was nice kind of seeing that upside still be there last game after the little timid start. Uh, also playing with a few dislocated fingers probably has something to do with it. Um, James Harden always in play. Never going to tell you not to play him. This is going to be a very difficult matchup with him. I'm, you know, I'm expecting Drew Holiday to stick to him like glue. Drew Holiday, first team All NBA defense uh, type of guard. 
he's very, very underrated player in general. So I, I expect him, even on the back-to-back, to do his very best job. Players like to step up to the challenge of guarding players like James Harden. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm going to be t- getting a lot of Westbrook. Uh, I'm going to be taking some looks at P.J. Tucker. Uh, those are going to be my primary focuses. And if you wanted to take a shot on you know, a little bit of like a Daniel House or uh, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, I don't mind any of those guys. But my primary focus is going to be on just uh, mostly uh, Westbrook and P.J. Tucker. And then, uh, how about with the how about with the Pelicans? Pelicans, this is a different story now. The back to back is definitely something. I'm glad you you mentioned it because this is a young team on a back to back, so I don't think they're going to be impacted as much. So you know, Derek Favors is a guy who's always dealt with injuries in the past, so he might be a guy uh, that we see get a few less minutes. But you know, I still think that guys like you know Lonzo and Drew are definitely in play. Brandon Ingram has been balling out. Uh, I I just don't like playing Brandon Ingram. I get it. I know he's doing very very well. Um, I'm not going to say don't play him. I'm not going to personally play him. I'm just going to hope that it stops eventually and and maybe the, you know, the train just starts to slow down with him. Uh, but I'm going to be mostly looking at you know uh, the backcourt uh, for me. You know, Mike, I think we might be related somehow. Our, our, our last names don't sound like we are, but I, I just I'm right with you on so many of these guys, the, the guys that you just don't like playing. And Ingram is that, that guy for me. It's like you know, again tonight he comes out and he's aggressive. He's twenty-five, eight, and three, three blocks. You know, he's he's really looking good so far this year. But just I, I just can't ever really trust him. So, you know, it, it's tough to fade him um, with him playing this well. But he's just one of those guys I usually avoid. And and same thing with Josh Hart. I don't trust him. I never do. But it, it seems that Coach Gentry does. You know. He went out again tonight and just in 26 minutes, 16 points, nine rebounds, two steals. You know, we saw him play down the stretch in the opener against Toronto. So he's just, you know, he's doing something with his hustle that is earning him minutes. And he's only 6.7K. So I don't, again, I don't really like trusting him. But, you know, maybe he would be the one Pelican that I would throw in in a, in a Rockets Pelican stack. Hey, that's a good call because the price tag is so is so salivating. Six point seven K is absolutely worth it to me. Um, just his rebounding upside. We've seen it two games in a row now. Uh, that he's he's kind of showed that when he was on the Lakers as well. He's a guard that likes to kind of get into the paint and get involved in rebounds. So that alone is going to get him over the hump for me to kind of put him into my consideration for both cash and GPPs. Um, but I, I know I, I want the guys that are going to be on the court at, in the fourth quarter and closing the game. And I just have a feeling it's going to be Drew and Lonzo because it's their best perimeter defenders. When And who else is going to be on there? Westbrook and Harden. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. I do think Hart, um is going to get good run. And, you know, just the price tag, I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't mention it, is, is going to be enough to kind of for me to consider it. Um, but this is this is a game, man, that we're going to have to have tons of shares in. Uh, we're going to have another game in a little bit that I'm going to have a lot of my other shares. But, you know, eight, last eight o'clock game, uh, Raptors versus Bulls. Uh, you know, I kind of want to I kind of want to start one off, Andrew. I'm sitting back a little bit. Um, OK, I kind of want to take a little bit of this, uh, a little bit of this Bulls action, man. Uh, we, we were both on Levine tonight. He played absolutely phenomenal. Uh, took all the shots, <laughs> all the shots that we could imagine. Uh, but now we, we kind of seen Wendell Carter Jr. start again. It's a back-to-back. That's the one thing I'm going to keep my eye on. But this Otto Porter news about him playing very limited minutes um, and him most likely sitting, I'm, I'm going to go off the assumption that he's not going to play on this back-to-back. They mentioned that it's going to, that they're going to wait and see and take it on like a game-time approach. But I'm kind of under the impression that he's not going to play. And, you know, what that means for me is that they go with a, maybe a smaller of a guard rotation. I think we're going to see, a, a, you know, the three-guard rotation where we're going to see Kobe White play a little bit more. Um, and at 9K, he's one of my one of my favorite plays on the balls that I'm going to be looking at. Um, obviously, Zach Levine, I still think he's underpriced at 14-1. Toronto's a little bit of a tougher matchup than he just had tonight. Uh, but those are the two main targets I'm going to have my eyes on, on the Bulls. I'm, I'm exactly with you. Levine, you know, Coach and I were both on him last night on, on the pod, as were you apparently. So I, he's he's one of those guys where, you know, he's soaking up all the usage and he just looks hungry. He's just – and he, he you know, he's young, he's athletic. So, you know, he's one of the few guys on a back-to-back who I'd, I'd be willing to go back to and – yeah, Kobe White, 9K, that's a solid price tag for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, looking over at the Raptors, this is going to be a back-to-back for them. Uh, you know, Siakam played great again tonight. He actually had a slow start. I don't know if you saw that. 
Um, really turned it on in the second half and got just about all of his value and points in the second half, it looked like. So, um, I, I, you know, I always think he's in play. Fred Van Fleet had a poor shooting night looking for a bounce back night. This would kind of be the matchup for him to do it in. Uh, so I'm okay with playing him as well. Um, Kyle Lowry, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just steer clear of him. I think we have a couple better guard options for that price tag, um, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Raptors. I'm not gonna really touch too much of the front court other than Siakam. Yeah, I, I want to point out here with Toronto that in Game One they only played eight men, you know, eight man rotation, and tonight um, at Boston I'm looking at the box score right now they only played nine guys, so just something to keep an eye on. You know, that's that's helpful for the Siakam and Van Vliet and, you know, Ibaka stacks that I'm going to be playing here a lot this season. Um, in this particular game, I'm not as excited to get a bunch of Raptors involved. Um, it's hard to ignore Siakam. He's, but he's 15.4, so in that game, I'd rather play Levine. Um, and I, I'm going to stay away from Lowry as well, even though he had a a solid night tonight. Yeah, he's been looking good, especially for a guy that didn't play in the preseason at all. Um, you know, OG is in there as well. I'm not going to play him. I just He's not a GPP type of guy for me. Now with all these other guys still healthy and playing, you know, maybe when we see games where like Lowry's sitting or, uh, you know, Siakam's missing, we can start looking that way. I just don't think he has like the upside that uh, I'd be looking to target for a GPP. Maybe if you wanted to take a stab at him in cash, but we're going to have value open up due to injuries and other stuff once, uh, once you know, games come closer to lock. Um, well, Andrew, that's it. That's it for the eight o'clock games. We're moving on to a 30. Uh, we have the Spurs versus the wizards. Um, you know, I, will just let you, you, you go on this cause I already know, uh, what you're going to pick and who I'm getting stuck with. So go ahead, Andrew, <laughs> why don't you take the wizards? You know what? I, I don't really have any interest in the wizards. So I'll just, I'll just go with the Spurs and say <laughs> that DeJounte Murray is probably the only guy I'm interested in there because of his price tag at 11.2. And it didn't play a ton of minutes in the in the first game, but really efficient, 18, 8, 6, and 3. So he's stepping up. So he's really the only guy for the Spurs that I'm interested in. I actually like Murray a little bit too. I uh, Maybe a little bit even more than a little bit. He looks fantastic. Um, he looks like the guy that, and I can't believe they got him on that cheap of a deal as well. Uh, they locked him up long term for next to nothing. Um, I, I do have some interest. I like the price tag. I just, I'm going to be targeting a lot of the point guards going against Washington for the whole year. Uh, mostly because it's going to be Ish Smith. And then once Isaiah Thomas comes back, uh, those two guys handling a lot of the point guard duties and neither one of them is very good on defense. So I'm with you, um, Murray. And if you, you know, for me, DeRozan and Aldridge are just never GPP kind of upside guys on on these big of slates, just because generally we know with the Spurs, lower game total, they're probably going to have their minutes limited. If they get a lead, they're not going to be closing it out if it's a big enough lead. So for all those factors, I generally try to steer clear of those guys. Um, but Murray with that price tag has the upside to do some good things on this type of slate. Uh, all right, well, now Wizards, this is kind of, I, I was a little thrown off. I was really hoping that you were going to say that because I, I was hyped up on Murray. Uh, and, then you, <laughs> and then you stole the, the wind right out of my sail. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking at guys like Rui right now, man. He is not afraid to shoot. Uh, it looks like he had, like, I, I haven't checked the box score, but last I checked, there's about three minutes left in the game. He had 17 shot attempts. Uh, Bradley Beal is kind of letting him and Bryant have their own, and, you know, that's awesome for the team. Uh, not so good for Bradley Beal, though. I mean, I've kind of been just plugging and playing him, and I haven't been getting rewarded like I'd like to. Have you, have you been getting any Beal shares early on, and I, what do you think about this? Yeah, I got a few shares of him tonight because he took, I think, 25 shots in the first game. And he went, I think, 1 of 11 from threes. Tonight, he's not shooting much better. He's 7 of 22 and 3 of 11 from three-point land. So for some reason, he's just a little bit off. So I, I agree with you. I, I'd be much more interested in Rui, who's at 19, 5, 2, and 1. And, yeah, he put up 20 shots. Uh, so... Uh, once again, 0 for 4. I, I mentioned on the last podcast that he's going to hit a 3 here soon. I'm surprised he went 0 for 4 because he's got a great stroke. But, yeah, Rui at 10.1, I'm very interested in. Yeah, Thomas Bryant was up there with 16 shot attempts too. Another double-double. He looks like he's just going to be, you know, a, a guarantee, like a walking double-double for the year. He's always going to be floating around then between 9 and, you know, 13 rebound types of game. He's going to have a decent amount of shot attempts. Those three guys look like they're going to be the guys leading this team in shot attempts and 
going forward are probably going to be the only three guys I have much interest in. So, um, you know, Thomas Bryant's price tag is, you know, what I think is kind of fair for him where it's, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate you if you play him, but it's not that cheap at 13, four where I'm going to run and just shove him in every lineup, especially in this kind of Spurs matchup. So, um, you know, if it's a matchup against the Hawks or the Bulls, my tune would probably be a slightly different story. Uh, moving on, man. Uh, we got the Kings versus the Jazz. It's a nine o'clock game. Um, you know, I, I, I'll start this off. I guess I'll just go, uh, you know, with the, with those Kangs. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley being out, we're we're gonna have to wait and see a little bit more of what this is going on. Like we said, we record this podcast uh, the night before, so we're not gonna have a full idea of how this rotation really played out because it's not even halftime yet in the game. Uh, but you know, going in. Uh, we we're, we know that they're probably going to play a little bit smaller. They started Belicia so far with three minutes left in the second half. He's played ten minutes, um, and that's a good sign because if he's going he's going to be a good value play that I think we could look at if he finishes this game playing anywhere between twenty and twenty four minutes. Yes, it's a back to back, and you know that could limit some things. Maybe they approach it a little bit differently, obviously due to the matchup. But I do think he's an option. I think that you're going to be looking at your normal stars with Buddy Hield and Fox. And, you know, a guy that I was high on, um, and I actually got a lot of shares tonight in DFS, was uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I'm expecting him to get some pretty good burn uh, when they do decide to play Harrison Barnes at the four and or Trevor Ariza at the four. Um, he could definitely see some good time at the two and the three. And he was a guy playing pretty close to 26 minutes, 28 minutes a night before the Marvin Bagley injury. So, uh, I mean, what, what, I said a lot of Kings. Um, we're probably going to say a lot of Kings every night, Andrew, but which one of those guys stands out for you? Well, um, I, I'm with you in general. Um, Heald is number one for me. He was, I, I said last night, he was my number one value because he was really low priced, um, just lower priced than a lot of the other wings. I, I couldn't understand it. And then, of course, we have to get the news that he's got an ankle issue and he may not start. Thankfully, he did, and it looks like he's playing normal minutes. Um, but again, he's only 11.8. So it, it is a back-to-back. In general, I'm not that interested in this game because both teams are in a back-to-back, and they're playing in Utah. Um, so, again, we just have to – we just have to, like you said, we have to see how the rotation plays out the rest of this game, see about the news, see if Heald is going to go back-to-back. If, you know – if it seems like he's 100% or good enough to go again, regular minutes, his price tag, you just can't you can't beat it, 11.8. And then, yeah, Bielitsa and Holmes. I mean, those are the two guys that I thought would step up the most with Bagley out. And sure enough, they've been splitting minutes here. Um, like you said, Bielitsa now 11 minutes and Holmes 9. And, and they both are, are solid performers so far. And they're both 7.6. So, um those are the three guys I would consider again. Um, in the lineups I have tonight, I have a lot of Heald and Bielitsa. I have a little bit of Holmes. And I would just dial that back a little bit more tomorrow night for the Saturday night games because it is the back-to-back. And not only that, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm not really going towards the Holmes direction, I know Bielitsa can at least spread the floor a little bit. Holmes is going to have to fight in the paint against a little bit of Rudy Gobert action. So, um, And like you said, back-to-back in Utah, it's just kind of – it's steer clear for Dwayne Dedman and Rashawn Holmes for me. Um, but, you know, we've seen Rashawn Holmes have some pretty good big games in before, so I'm not going to knock it if you want to play him. It's just not going to be in too many of my lineups. Uh, all right, let's move over to the Jazz now. Um, I heard you guys talk a little bit about Royce O'Neal. Uh, coach was giving you a hard time. So, uh, next time you're on the show, why don't you ask him who's winning our chicken soup bet after he had his, <laughs> uh, he had his early lead, uh, who took over that. Now, I'm 2-1. and one. I'm thinking about ending it now, retiring, and we might just see Coach in a chicken soup. Uh, I'll let you start off. Who do you like on the Jazz? Yeah, we did talk about O'Neal, um, and he got 30 minutes. Um, he is a low price again, and you know we we got to see how what what's happening now. They they switched the lineup around. They put Ingles and Green in the starting lineup, and O'Neal's coming off the bench. So I want to see how he does tonight coming off the bench. I think he might be high usage in that sixth man type role. Um, so if he fits. At 7.4, you know, I have moderate interest in him again um, if you need one value play. And then let's see how Joe Ingles does at 10.5 back in the starting lineup. Um, you know, if we're talking about tonight, I would have more interest in both of those guys. But back-to-back, again, I just I'm just not that interested in this game. So I, I probably won't play many Jazz. 
I played a lot of angles actually tonight. Um, he was a guy that I, I, I expected, you know, obviously to start again and, you know, kind of just assume that starting role that he had before they, uh, you know, they went out and got uh, Bogdanovich in the first place. But, um, you know, we would, we would need to see the news. I haven't seen any news on whether or not he was going to play tonight. Uh, I mean, tomorrow night, um, obviously night before. So it's going to have to take a wait and see approach. Otherwise, I, I always look at the you know shooting guard spot against the Kings. They've always kind of been uh, pretty poor against defending opposing shooting guards. Past two seasons, they pretty much uh, were one of the, the worst in the league. So I think that puts Mitchell in play. Eventually, Conley is going to get this ship uh, steered the right way. Um, and that's going to happen. But until we see it do, uh, kind of taking the same thing with the Kemba Walker approach, um, you know, go with the guys where I know that the guaranteed value is going to come from. And for me, that's going to be, you know, Mitchell. Uh, and I'll sprinkle a little bit of Ingles in there as well. Uh, but other than that, you know, go bear is go bear. Um, I think we have like a couple other center options for better prices. And uh, that brings us to the closing game, Andrew. We have the Clippers versus Suns. I think this is going to be uh, the second sexiest game on the board. Uh, with a pretty high total, it's coming out uh, a little bit early at a two twenty nine and a half total. Um, you know, we we know that this Phoenix team does that. Uh, same thing with the Hawks when they play another team that the game total is expected to be higher, and that's why I always say sometimes playing the opposing team against the high tempo team is where the real benefit is because now you're seeing a normal guy's average. You can almost take a little notch upward, knowing that they're going to kind of get a few more shot attempts, which means a few more rebounds, a few more assists, and opportunity for a few more defensive stats. I'll let you kick it off. Uh, you know, pick your pick your poison. Who do you want to start with? You know, you sound more excited about this game than me. So why don't you take the lead? I want to I want to play off your enthusiasm. I want Lou Williams. Um, that's what I'm saying. He's just been balling out at the beginning of the year. Uh, I like this. I like these kinds of up tempo games for him. This is kind of where he where he thrives a little bit more. Uh, you know, looking at some of the other guards on the slate, I feel comfortable. Uh, with his price tag at 12-6, um, you know, he's been crushing that so far. Uh, both games this season, he's hit that value, and I just, I'm going to keep riding the train. It looks like he's still in that same kind of usage role. Without Paul George in that lineup, they don't have a lot of other guys who are good scorers. They they really do need him. Um, so, you know, obviously Kawhi Leonard's always going to be an option. I just don't know if they're going to need him to go full Kawhi robot mode, score 37, 38 points tonight kind of thing. And I think they can rely on Lou Williams getting a lot of the action done. So that's going to be the main, my main focus on the Clippers side of the ball. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, got all juiced up when I seen uh, Montrezl Harrell playing 38 minutes the first night, and then kind of coming back down to earth. Uh, you know, Mo Harkless is a is a decent value play at 82, but we've already mentioned a few other ones that seem uh, like they have a little bit more upside. So uh, I don't know if you like anybody on the Clippers, um, but let me hear it. Well, yeah. See, the thing about this game for me, I. Normally with this matchup, I'd be psyched as well. There's, I just have this feeling that the Clippers will win easily. I mean, they just went into Golden State and won by 20. And the Suns will be coming off a of back-to-back after being in Denver. So when they come home from, from Denver, I'm just not expecting them to play as well, certainly not as well as they looked against Sacramento. So that's why I just have less interest in this game than normal. But I absolutely love how Lou Williams has been looking. So... If this game is anywhere close, then 12.6, yeah, I'm all about that as well. Also love Harrell. Um, on the Sun side, even if it's not a close game, I, I still like Ubre at 12.1. And then the issue that Coach and I were talking about is, you know, what do we do with the front court for Phoenix? And that's what I'm, I'm most interested in here. And it played out kind of how I thought it would, that Kaminsky and Baines – were both good values. Baines was in the starting lineup. And right now we've got about seven minutes left in the game at Denver here on Friday night. And Saric has played 25 minutes, Baines 24, Kaminsky 23. And, you know, Baines and Kaminsky have both paid off their value. So I'd probably go back to Frank the Tank again um, as my number one value play off the bench. Yeah, he's going to be my favorite play on the Suns as well. Um, just because he's a little bit more upside. Baines was, you know, kind of hampered by injuries coming in. It looks like he's, it looks like he's healthy. Um, but I just don't think that, he, especially with the way that the Clippers use their front court, I just don't think he's going to be playing, you know, thirty plus minutes anytime soon. So I'm with you on Kaminsky. Um, I mean, the rest of these starters are playing playing pretty, uh, pretty poorly tonight. So this is actually an extremely low totaled game right now. Like I said, it's only sixty eight to seventy three with six minutes left in the game. Um, so, I mean, I would imagine that there's some sort of bounce back, maybe, maybe, you know, 
these, these starters get a nice talking to in the locker room after the game. You're going to play the Clippers tomorrow. They're the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, <laughs> but you can't look like that again. I mean, Devin Booker, 4 of 17, shooting 23% from the field is just very, very atrocious. And that's uh, that's something that they're not going to be able to get away with, especially with uh, Aiton now being suspended. They're going to need all the Booker um, that they can handle. So I'm really just going to be on the value on that side, and it's going to be uh, Frank Kaminsky. Um, and I wouldn't mind Kelly Oubre, but um, I'm, I'm okay with not playing Booker. Um, if Kawhi plays, he's just going to guard the best player on the floor, and that's him. So I, I'm just okay with not touching him again. Right on. All right, man. That wraps us up. I mean, uh, you know, I got to talk a little bit about the chicken soup. Maybe I should just take a nice solid couple minutes uh, just to bash coach, but we've already been going for a solid 50. I like to try to, <laughs> I like to, try to keep them, you know, manageable. So the work commute. So I'll just end it with, you know, uh, coach is on his silver alert. So for those who do not know, coach is an old man. So uh, occasionally that's where my jokes are going to be gauged towards. So <laughs> yeah, he, he sometimes he, he doesn't, uh, he goes wandering around his old neighborhood looking for the nearest cracker barrels and stuff like that um, <laughs> early in the morning. But it's, it's a good time when I get to listen to the podcast and hear him breaking my chops a little bit, but you know, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Uh, we have Andrew Hansen at Language Olympic, uh, just how it sounds, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. Uh, you know, and always definitely follow Coach at Joe Salvati. Uh, it's J-O-E-S-A-R-L-V-A-D-I. Um, and you know, that's the, that's the crew, man. I think we got a solid thing going and, you know, definitely, uh, like I said, check out the, some of this premium action we got going on behind the scenes, follow our hoop ball accounts on Twitter. That's where you're going to get all the blurb updates and all the news. And then definitely make sure you guys jump into this fantasy draft, uh, contest this weekend. They're still doing the awesome Hooters, uh, uh, contest over there for football. Uh, just cause basketball season starts doesn't mean I don't take advantage of those large rake free contests. Those are the favorite ones I like to play in. Uh, you know, I always try to get a few lineups in there. I think it's a $25 entry. It's worth checking out, guys, um, and it's it's just a blast. This rake-free stuff, man, I can't I can't get enough of it. Um, I'm basically almost exclusively playing Fantasy Draft at this point this season just because of the difference maker I've seen. I've seen a lot of my lineups, even when some of the lineups that might be teetering in some of these other sites like on FanDuel and DraftKings where, you know, maybe if you played one guy differently, you would have cashed. Uh, well, more people cash, Andrew, on these break-free lineups, and I, I've been taking advantage of it. Yeah, I love it where it's like 25% of the field caches. And um, yeah, Coach and I were talking about it. I like the site. Uh, I like how it looks on desk, on your desktop. I like how they show the MVPs. I like how you get the percentage ownership right, right at the jump. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, great. some great context, contest options with the no rake. All right. Well, uh, you know, Check us out tomorrow. Tomorrow it's going to be Andrew and Coach. Uh, they'll be breaking down the site for you guys. I am off. So uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. Uh, I'll see you later. And uh, Andrew, take us out. Yeah, have a good night, everybody. Check the news. It's 11.08 Eastern Friday night right now. So a lot of time here before we tip off Saturday night. Check the news on Embiid, Mike Scott. Check the news on the Kings. And adjust your lineups accordingly. I love it, man. Take care, guys. Have a good night. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.